Yeah, me and da- Daniel, like, uh, once we, when we recorded here, uh, like, we found out, like, during the recording, like, 10 minutes in, mm. I looked at his computer and the fucking USB cable connecting <laughs> the laptop to the everything else was in, like, halfway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, what the fuck? And shoved it in. <laughs> and now Daniel's looking at me like, man, something's fucked up. <laughs> Like everything went to shit after yeah. that, and then we like paused the recording, and like he tried to do it, like set up the thing again. He couldn't do it, and and his solution was he just like pulled it out halfway, <laughs> and we did the whole recording right now. <laughs> so it was recording when it was halfway in. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's like it shouldn't be. It's not like USB is not like a headphone jack. You know, like halfway out, you still hear half or something. Like it's an on or off. It was Digital the second protocol. time we recorded here. Because first time I did the setup, mm. and I did everything really slowly. Okay, and properly. And, and Yeah, because I was trying to figure out shit. Oh. Like, put everything, like, connect everything. Sure, sure. And like, when Daniel did it, he was, like, half-assing it. <laughs> really? Daniel Weinberg's half-asking something. Uh, hey, I'm going to move that mic up and move it a little bit towards you. Yeah. Like that. And then hopefully I think you're coming in a bit high. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I felt like like such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there, there. I'm, especially in front of your face as well. Now, now, Roger, just gonna clean you off. But I, I think like maybe is it like a like a comics thing? Like if somebody else is holding the mic towards you, like you you don't get to hold it, but you get to speak. Oh, don't it. like this. Yeah, I don't like it either. No, yeah. But, but like, do like people who normally don't talk into mics? Do they have that thing? Yeah, I don't think not as much. I think comedian. I think we're attached to the microphone because it's all we've got on the stage. Like you are just you against the world in what fucking society seems to agree is the most like threatening and fucking anxiety inducing moment, which is public speaking and yeah. then trying to be funny when public speaking. So we do that. And all we've got in front of us is this one little metal fucking black penis yeah. with a really long wire. And that's why I think also, like, how come we're really fucking uh, insistent at the, the we've got to have the exactly the same microphone, the Shura SM58. <laughs> it's always that fucking microphone, bro. Like, yeah. your fucking regular open mic, all, all the big comedians we bring, their writer says exactly that same microphone, right? Yeah. All comedians love that microphone and we love a wire. I don't know why. Just the wire feels like comedy. Yeah, it's so much better. Yeah. Because it, like, like, I really like to hold the mic from the mm. like the bottom part. <laughs> from the base. Yeah, you know, like sometimes I fuck up the wire thing right. because I un- undo it. it. You can imagine Roger's making a movement right now like he was fondling like a balls. Yeah. Like he was just like, if you just imagine fondling the balls, that's the mental that's image holding. of Roger holding the bottom of the microphone. Yeah, that's, that's holding a mic. <laughs> That's what holding a mic is It's just holding. It's exactly what it feels like. Holding your own testicles because at any moment the crowd could not laugh and then it just crunch. Yeah. And that's why it's so ballsy to like drop them. <laughs> you know, drop the mic. Oh, drop the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you... Yeah. But I'm like, has any comedian like, uh, like while doing like crowd work or something mm. has given away the mic? No, I'm trying to think. No one really talks very much you've got to pull it out of them i don't know i mean i guess they probably yell no no one's really had to did anyone get in the audience well the russian guys get did but they don't count when we did boris and igor 
yeah. couple of years ago. They run, they like, they have a, di- they bring their own DJ and oh. they fucking run through the crowd and shit and get people on stage <laughs> and they're dancing with people on stage. Yeah. Uh, but they're the, yeah, that's Russian style, right? It's yeah. not. It's a proper show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think even Igor, this is Igor Mirson, uh, our Russian comedy friend. He's also the promoter of Dylan Moran in. And at Izard in Russia. Um, I think he does that set for Russians, but he he understands that there's like Russian comedy and then there's international stand-up comedy. And even when Russians do stand-up and even when Russians watch stand-up, it's still a bit of that showman thing. Like it's a show. Like all those like whenever Russians try to do comedy, and particularly here in Tallinn, and respect to them, right? They keep trying to put it in fancy venues. I mean, like, it doesn't work. The oh, comedy really, doesn't work in a really fancy... fancy yeah, like, like a nice restaurant or, like, a fancy place where you might possibly dress up. Oh. And, like, it, the comedy just... Uh, can you imagine that? Like, none of our shows are... Like, we're in regular places. Yeah. A shithole. No, not shitholes. We have lovely venues. What am I saying? Let's fucking get this podcast on the way, bro. Yeah. We're, here we are rambling... I guess I should... God, I didn't even do a proper introduction. Here we are. Let's do a proper introduction. Welcome to the next episode of Comedy Guy with Lewis Cesar. And this is my podcast. And I haven't done one for ages um, because, you know, it's been a while. And after... I, I seem to have this, like, thing inside of me that I can only do stand-up or do podcasts. Like, my obsessed brain is either writing jokes or desperately hating myself because I'm not writing jokes, be it the case. Or thinking of, like, all the things I'm going to talk to my next guest about. And so, after I got back from America, we were straight into summer tour, pounding through that shit. And then, uh, after that, it was the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So, I've been focusing on just writing my comedy. And you may have seen me in more live stand-up shows and stuff like that and less podcasts. That's basically the balance that you can find this happening in. Um, but yeah, fuck it. We are here to talk about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, the Comedy Estonia show straight out of Estonia is playing there right now, every night in August. It's a Comedy Estonia show. We paid our own way to go there. We did our own shit and uh, it's going really well. And right now we have a bunch of us are over there, a bunch of us in Estonia. So, I'm here right now with a man who was there last week with me at Edinburgh. He was there for a week together. My man, Roger Andre. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. It was, uh, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Funk, yeah. So we, so we had the accommodation. So I'm, I guess we need to tell people about it. Like, what people seem interested now that we're doing it. Like, what is this? Uh, before maybe it was a bit abstract, but now we've got photos and now stories and shit. And people are like, ah, oh, that's what going to a comedy festival is like. So, is at the Edinburgh Fringe, there's hundreds of shows going on, like any, at any one time. Yeah, and, uh, not, and not only stand up. Not only stand up, theatre. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And like uh, music, like good street music. Mm. I, uh, I bought a CD of a guy. Nice. From the guy from the street? Yeah. Uh, some Australian uh, bloke. Oh, really? So, what was he? Was he playing guitar? Or was yeah. He he, all, all kinds of instruments. He oh, okay. Guitar, very multi-talented. Piano, fucking, uh, you know, the fucking loop thingy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Digital loop machine. Yeah. Yeah. And everything. Like, uh, oh, a trumpet. Everything. This yeah. motherfucker's got it all. I saw one. With his girlfriend. And the girlfriend was holding the CDs. <laughs> and it was super funny because you could see it in her eyes yeah. that she was about to give up. <laughs> like on the relationship. The whole thing. All the thing. She's and been following this guy. He's like, follow my vagabond lifestyle. Yeah. And that's why I think the guy was so good because the guy was desperately trying not to lose the girlfriend. 
And the only way of doing that is becoming like the next Ed Sheeran. Right. <laughs> so he's playing his uh, heart out. Because she's about to leave him. She's about to walk off. They've had an argument. Yeah. She's been following him around like five fucking countries by now with all these hippie shit. We're going to make something. We're doing this. And all she's doing. And how much were the CDs? Uh, a tenner. Tenner. Flogging 10 pound CDs. She's yeah. screaming at him every morning. God damn it. People don't even buy CDs anymore, yeah. you motherfucker. Why am I still here with you? Oh, you know what's the best part? <laughs> uh, I bought it. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, I want to like, listen to songs. Uh. And I found, like, I have no CDs <laughs> <it's> at my place. <laughs> yeah. Really? You got no PlayStation? Uh, oh, shit. Does that play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time he's sitting around his own door. Wow, God. I don't know what to play CDs with. I'll just go back to playing my PlayStation 4 now. Excuse me while I insert the disc. I mean, that ain't nice, my brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. And you should have seen like her face when it started to like rain like heavily through the set. Like, yeah. Then she had to put up those uh, umbrella things like and work in the rain doing that oh. and then the guy's just like under the umbrella <laughs> playing his heart out like enjoying the thing like and uh the chick like finally got to put on like a jacket oh. and was just like standing in the rain oh my god holding the cds up bro you've just basically told the story of comedy estonia that's all it is, man. It's just you guys playing little fucking ukuleles under there. And there's the rest of us here in the office putting up that fucking umbrella, handing out CD. <laughs> Looking going, you motherfuckers better keep playing, fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fringe was fucking great, man. Oh, man, uh, it was awesome. So we were there. The show's gone on for the gone on for a month. Me and Roger were there for the first week, and we've kind of been taking it in turns. So right now, Sander, Ari, Carl, Ardo is there. I think that no Dan, Dan as Dan, well. Dan, Dan also. Yeah. Dan's there, uh, and so they're doing it. We've got an Airbnb, and we have a show, our own show, Comedy Estonia, straight out Estonia at seven o five every day. And then because there's so many other comedy shows on, you're also then just trying to do spots on other comedy shows. So, you know, you do your spot, you do really well. And you're like, hey, come to our show at 905 or 705. And then hopefully to get people into that show. Did you do any other spots? When you uh, were yeah, I did the immigrant show. Oh, nice. Yeah. How'd that, it go? That was actually cool. The room was kind, kind of like uh, Alibi. Uh, yeah, Alibi, yeah, yeah. And uh, ukulele combined. Okay, very small. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was like, it was like, um, uh, how do you say, like, um, uh, from the, it, it was like a, it wasn't a wide room. Okay, it, it was, was a skinny room? Narrow. Thin room? Narrow. Narrow. You got the word before I did. Fuck yeah. After all, after all <laughs> I was about to be like, Roger, Roger, you think you can speak fucking English? I have now recorded proof that you cannot. Um, and then you came up with a word faster than me. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the room was very narrow, yeah. but yeah, a real ukulele vibe. Nice. Uh, but the thing was, like, I was supposed to open, and the host went on, and he couldn't turn on the mic. So the first thing was like, yeah, I gotta do it without the mic. Did you? You did it without the mic. Yeah. But yeah, Jeez. it was still good, man. What a champ! I guess I'm so in like Uxkoik, you could do that without a mic. Yeah, it was, since Pretty it was easy. like uh, a small room, it was like doable. It mm. wasn't like too bad on the voice. Yeah. I didn't have to like speak too loudly, and people like got it. Yeah. And like, yeah, I got some responses, and it was kind of cool. Cool, man. Yeah, that's really nice. So yeah, we're trying to do these spots and get spots on other shows, and like other people, there are other like 
There's the immigrant show. There's like all kinds of shows from different countries as well as individual performers. So yeah, we all roll up. We uh, in the Airbnb. Oh my god, I've never heard so much fucking tunnel pada in the sun <laughs> than I have living in one week in that apartment. <laughs> oh my god, because we're also playing that like uh, before the show, so we're just rocking out. You know, welcome to Estonia. Yeah, all the time. Nearly a pie all the fucking hits. Yeah, and first thing in the morning. Oh my God, these guys all day, every day. Yeah. Because we kind of found out, like me and Ari, that we both growing up, we only had one CD. And it was <laughs> Tana Bada. <laughs> he was the first Estonian artist I knew about as well. And the first time I learned some lyrics and stuff like that. Like, I don't really know this idea, but uh, yeah, like the first time I learned. At least, you know, it's not yeah, like... That's how uh, you learned Estonian. Yes, <laughs> through fucking Tana Bada songs. <laughs> Through the song. That's why I love it. I'm every year at Ole Sommar. Yes, number one. Number one, Mr. Padar. <laughs> yeah. Like through the song, uh, Welcome to Estonia, uh, since it had an Estonian and an English that's version. That's right. Oh, yeah, there was. So yeah. played it back, back to back. <laughs> I haven't heard the English one. Now, what's the other one that he has the English version? Uh, Lotusetus. Yeah, I, I can't remember the names, but those English ones were kind of weird. Yeah, it's yeah. He translates it's Lotusetus, if I'm saying that right. Yeah, he translates that into hopelessness me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like or hopelessness a, you or something. Like yeah. an airplane hangar or somewhere <laughs> like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I smashed a mirror. Something, something, yeah, Mati. But, but it was like really. It kind of felt like uh, shit. What's the band? Uh, Green Day. Okay, yeah, Blood, sure. Like his hair was black. <laughs> and Green Day has the kind of same video. He wants to be a Estonian Green Day. I don't know, man. He also got the starry, like the pointy guitar thing, like oh. the electric guitar with the pointy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right before Metallica came here. And he opened for them. <laughs> and the guy. Did open for Metallica? Yeah, I think for so. What? Really? I didn't Tanabara know. Tanabara okay. I think, like, one. Because, like, my parents have gone to Metallica for, like, six times. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That'd be uh, fucking great. All all yeah. the jokes we're making about Tunnel Pada. If we like, if they were like, "Hey Roger, you get to open for Dave Chappelle when he comes to Estonia." Yeah, you'd be like, "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah." So I can't. I guess I can't make fun of him. Nah, man, he's Dude, like, if you, and if and if Chappelle had a fucking thing, you would you would get that same pair of shoes, that thing. Like you would be all about man, Chappelle in that moment. Yeah, I'd be all about uh, getting that tan on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. <laughs> hanging around at those uh there's there used to be this uh i don't know how you call, call it in uh, english but those places you go to to get a tan yeah tanning salon yeah, tanning yeah salon. solarium maybe solarium yeah. yeah uh so uh yeah that was like right under my uh, apartment in uh, oh, Tartu. Okay. <laughs> and you are the whitest motherfucker i've ever met yeah as well. whitest, man. so i never um, went to yeah really i can't tell yeah it's impossible <laughs> to work it <laughs> out <laughs> So, uh, yeah, every day we're doing our show and I was mostly hosting and uh, and, I, and I realized it was the weirdest part it was going to be for everyone, like, to be like, hey, welcome to the Estonian show. Here is fucking Australian guy. <laughs> and I, yeah, then I would explain, all right, what am I doing in Estonia? Why? I got to explain all that. I'm like, I don't want to explain all this. We're supposed to do an Estonian show and then try to be like, okay, Estonians are like this. And for me, it became all about how much can we convince them that we're weird and dark yeah. Like the West Savage and we just say shit and like, and because that first night, I think oh, they, shit. I didn't present it correctly. Like I, I didn't quite, I mean, you know, as a host, I didn't quite go like, these boys are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like we're weird as fuck out there. Yeah. Because like some of those stories, yeah. Like they probably don't have that kind of a life. Like. Yeah. So they don't have the same 
I, I don't know. They, they can't like connect. Yeah, that's what got me. That's what hit me in the first two shows. But that's where you got to be like this. Yeah, when people really. would make that sound when they go, oh. Yeah. Like that first show. I think it was the first show. Yeah, the first one, yeah. The one chick did it through the every fucking line. She was like, oh. We're like, these are our fucking jokes. Why are you, why are you doing that? And then, I st- and then I realized they were doing the oh, not at the punchline, right? It wasn't a bad joke. They were yeah. doing it at the setup. Like the premise, right? The bit where we're just like going on like, hey, here's life in Estonia. Here's my life. And people just go, oh. And we're like, that's not even a joke. That's literally our lives. Yeah. Um, And then I kind of realized like, oh, they don't get it that- Or or we don't get- Pardon me. We don't get it. Pardon me. I think we we don't know how to- But once we like realized it, like ourselves as well, Mm. it was kind of a, I don't know- you had a different feeling on stage. You were kind of like, oh, okay. They think I'm this fucking Russian guy, probably. <laughs> because like Andrew, uh, Andrew Packer, hmm. he told like, because like, uh, he's from Canada. And then the, they don't speak like Russian because they don't have to. <laughs> and he said like, Estonian kind of sounds familiar. If you're not that familiar with Russian. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Here he's coming from. Because we kind of speak in the same way without like pauses and stuff. Just right. like ramble on like really long words and stuff. <laughs> and I think even greater than that, it gives you that like the thing that I have here. I'm the outsider. Well, then it's the opposite. I'm not a real outsider in Scotland. I'm not a real outsider in the United Kingdom. But then you guys are all of a sudden the outsiders. And I think that once we started to like kind of get it across to them, like these guys, I don't know. They just say weird stuff, right? They're weird kids. And they die, they're, you know, these, <laughs> these fucking things might sound dark, just it's cool. Don't worry about it. They're just jokes, right? Once they got that, then they kind of were going like, okay, we'll take that from these weird Eastern European guys. And you get fucking Daniel who acts like a level <laughs> of autism on stage. Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah, we get it. These, yeah. these guys are going to be fucking strange. And, and then you get the American racist guy <laughs> in that punch. <laughs> we did. Because, yeah, like me and uh, Caleb was over there as well. You, so, that week was me, you, Carl, Ari. Because Carl and Ari are there the whole month. Whole month. Yeah. And then Caleb was just hanging out there for a couple of days. So, he was hanging out doing some of the shows with us. And, yeah, I, I think there was... I mean, it's hard for you guys. It was definitely... I, I felt a degree of difficulty because they go, I'm not the outsider. I'm almost like a local, like, you know, some subject of Her Majesty. So... I'm more like them than I am like you guys. And yeah. so, then I would say some hard shit and, or just sort of, yeah, as I would do here. And they like were like, what? What are you saying? You can't <laughs> say this. But when it came from you, that's why I know you didn't call Russians retards, but I just thought it was yeah. funny. I keep, now it's fucking part of the bit, part of the law that Roger <laughs> called re- Russians retards on stage. When actually I just made that up. Like I just accused him of it later and fuck it now. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, no, you said you're a retard. Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I said that. Uh, I like in that bit. Yeah, I said that I was a retard. Mm. But I. Uh, but but the thing was still like in Estonia, you can say that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, may, you might not like okay, like on public media or stuff. I don't know if you can say it. Sure. But like, in everyday, like, sp- like when you speak to, I don't know. I think even your boss, you might slip one like retard. <laughs> Just slip a retard in. <laughs> But like there, when I said it, like here when I say it on a stage, it's like it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. 
But then when I said it, yeah, I, I immediately knew, okay, shit, something's wrong with that person. <laughs> and then, yeah, when I came off the stage, you said to me, like, Roger, you can't say retard. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, I can't? You were so like, what? No, but what do you, like, you, what, you must be able to, like, you didn't, it was like you wanted someone to go and argue with, like, you wanted to go to the queen or something yeah, like, and go like, what? But no, you can say retard, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. It's a word. <laughs> Why can't I use it? <laughs> um, yeah, so then I started using that and then... Yeah, so we had to adjust to them, right? Like, And the nights that we could get that across to them, like where they were willing to go along with this, yeah. were the ones, I think, the shows that worked better. Um, and, and even the, the late show, because we did two... Actually, so we did two shows there on a couple of the nights. Our regular show... And then at 9.50, we took over one whole hour of our buddy, Ro Campbell. He's got the mystery show. He's just got a slot called the mystery show. And every night, he just, like, puts on some comedians that he likes. Um, but he was going away and he's like, can you guys do my whole hour for the next two nights? We're like, fuck yeah, we'll do it again. So, these people come to the mystery show <laughs> at 10 o'clock and they get like, hi, we're comedians from Estonia. And people are fucking just looking at us like, what the fuck? Yeah. Is like they had no idea. And then Daniel Weinberg's opens and they're like, I'm sure there's a whole country full of retarded people over there in Eastern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so... And I remember like flyering. That was a new thing. We don't do that here. It's true. And it was when we flyered to that mystery show, we kept going around. When we said like, hey, come to the mystery show. Yeah, people were like, some of them were ah, we know it. Like uh, we're going some other night whatever mm -hmm. but then when we, we thought like okay fuck it let's just do the same thing we did uh flying on our for our show mm. so we just like uh walked around and mm. said to people hello come show <laughs> and everybody was like like interested all of a sudden like they were like okay like what's the show like we we're estonian comedian mom <laughs> like we would just like do the worst <laughs> estonian like kind of Estonian Russian <laughs> mixture uh, of an accent, and yeah, because here it's not that like it's really common here. It's like a normal accent, yeah, speak, sure. uh, uh, English. But yeah, back like like there, there was like mostly Australian people, like people from the states, people mm. from. The so maybe to be the opposite, if we wanted to catch attention here, okay, well, case in point, my stupid accent stands out instead or Caleb's fucking dumb accent stands out yeah. instead. Because it was like, it's so much different because everybody else was just like flying, standing around and just saying, hello, come to the show. I, like, I can't do the fucking <laughs> accent. But like, you know, like their accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you, when you all of a sudden you hear, hello, come show, <laughs> it's actually interesting. Yeah, sure, I get you. Yeah, we were doing anything. We were yelling, yeah, better than Latvian comedy. Yeah, sometimes good, mostly yeah. good show. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Just telling you. Sometimes the show's okay. Sometimes okay. <laughs> and my favorite, uh, five-star review. I'm yeah. like, come on, that really should have got more yeah. praise than it, it Last got. Last night, we all bombed. <laughs> Today, good show. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah, just like stuff like that. Yeah, and it was it was really awkward for me to hand out flyers at first. Like I understood, like logically, that's it's Edinburgh. Everyone's handing out flyers. No one cares, bro. I still feel like, oh my god, no, I fucking and I had to like took a while to psych myself up. And then it was easier when Ari came along, and then together with you there, then we could start yelling 
like, you know, being silly and yelling shit like that, right? And like start, yeah, yeah, yelling dumb stuff about the show. And then like if I just hand it to them, I feel fucking weird. But if I go over the top and I'm like, Estonian comedy, you know, number one in former Soviet Union, the best, you know, all this. Then all of a sudden it's fine to go, you know, to go kind of go more nuts doing the flyering. And like, like as long as you're having fun doing the flyering thing, I think like people want to get that flyer. Yeah, more because sure. that's why we like when me and Ari were just like joking around, walking around the city, and handing out flyers. Like people were like they see us like smiling, laughing, mm-hmm. and when we looked into their eyes, like really like <laughs> for a long time with that weird smile and said hello, come show, <laughs> and that's the only thing we say. Uh-huh. Uh, then yeah, they liked it. Yeah, that's cool, man. Our enthusiasm helps. Yeah. I think it was good last night. We were talking really a lot today because we last night we had the English open mic at Kapikar and uh, I was all pumped up from our flyers. So, I wanted to promote the John McCombs English show and the Fern, Mc, Fern, Fern McBrady. Oh, my God. She's going to hate me for that. Fern <laughs> Brady uh, show in November. Yeah. Um, I made like a double-sided flyer and I'm like, flyers, flyers are the answer. And yeah, I put them on every chair and I went around the tables and then after the show, you were giving them out to people and yeah. people wanted it. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Like, it was still an option. You were just like comedy. Yeah, but what yeah. I did, what I also did was, it was a two-sided flyer. Yeah. Uh, one was Fern and the other one was... Uh, John. John, yeah. yeah. And uh, what I did was, like, I looked at the, both of those pictures and I was like, okay, we don't have many women comics here. So probably people are more excited about Fern, and then I turned the. I only showed the Fern side. Okay, and I just yeah. like Handed out it like that, mm. like put it up to her face. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, that's what it is. Like, if we can't, uh, because a lot of yeah. them are like, "Oh shit, that's so cool!" Like, finally, a woman. Yeah, I really want to present more women comedy. I'm trying to get some yeah. for 2020. Trying to get some like it's, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Things, deals, the deals, the things yeah, yeah. that we're working on is more female comedians yeah, in 2020. <laughs> and uh, trying, I'm very happy Fern's coming. Uh, yeah, so the flies. And I think more like, I think, and me and Henrik were talking today about how we're going to, uh, we're doing a lot of work today on the marketing for Autumn Tour. And uh, we realized that we don't really do a lot of work at shows to sell the next show. Like, if you sit in any one of our shows, you don't really talk a lot about the next show or the next dates or something like that, right? Yeah, you usually focus on the night. Right. A little yeah. bit. Like, we have done it After where- After the performance, yes. A little bit, yeah. Sometimes yeah. we've done it. It's a really good one. If you have the projector in the show, you can show the next dates on, like, half time or something. So, hey, here are the next dates or something like that. But we realized today that it's something we just- Yeah, we just don't do really well- is like trying to tell people at, at the show about the next shows. Yeah, that's actually a good thing. And another, another thing that I've been like thinking about is like, uh, uh, wait, are we still recording? Got it. So now we're good. Now we're good. Computer wanted to go to sleep. Every time this happens on the fucking thing. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, uh, about uh, promoting our next shows. Yes. Yeah, and I've been thinking about like, Maybe I'm always like kicking myself in the head because I'm like, not like, not like actually, but I'm not a really, you can't just uh, 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 like you never makes it, but then all night you're just like, oh, what is it? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, But about the thing, like I should like 
do more of that stuff like post on like social media and stuff uh and yeah i've been thinking about like doing like a regular thing for open mics and and other shows it's good like even like while touring sometimes Mm -hmm. i don't do that it's hard to remember i've also i'm very guilty of that right now but it's because i've been specifically off the social media yeah. Like I've tried to have no, I did not have Instagram on my phone at all. Like uh, just to like completely remove it. Like, you know, for example, a guy who shouldn't smoke weed, uh, you know, it just can't be around or I can't resist it, Roger. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I was trying to do, yeah, we're trying to do promote more at live shows. So, we're yeah. handing out flights and I'm hoping that was my point that we we're talking about how to now, when everyone comes back from Edinburgh, they're going to be pumped up for flyers. Like, woo, flyers. I love flyering. And be like, great. We just made all these flyers. Hand them out at the next show. So, this is what I'm hoping. Yeah. Is we capitalize on our new flyering skills. Yeah. Wait. <coughs> and um, also, that would be like a good way to maybe see what's the sort of say market for open mics mm-hmm. because like when you do the second route in the same spot with the flyers and somebody's like oh we already got those mm. then you know like how many people are coming that's true i'm gonna find that out next month at the english copy car again when i hand out the same flyers because they'll still be relevant yeah. we'll see how many people remember from last month excellent thinking yeah. and oh, and like when good. we do those at different spots we could also see like if some people like just go from one mic to another could be Oh, look at this guy. He's got all the plans. Man, you got to... Analytics, man. Analytics, man. you got man. that, that Euronics seen. education of nothing but the finest. No, man, I've just seen the Netflix, uh, uh, the hack or, or the great hack. What's the... Uh, there's a new documentary about the analytics company. Oh, really? That's, okay. uh, oh, with the Cambridge Analytica and all yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's the one. And I've seen the trailer like for three, three times. So, <laughs> so he's an expert. So I'm an expert. He's a fucking expert at counterintelligence, at marketing, at, you know, guerrilla warfare. This guy is, because you've shown this trailer three fucking times. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so the flies, yeah, maybe we can hand out flies for the next show. And that's what I was going to say. We're not, we don't know how well people coming to our open mics convert into theater goers. We're pretty sure they do. We're pretty sure is what happens is that people come to open mics, they like it, they're having a good time, and they basically get the concept that this is the test show, like, in some level. Well, there are people who come to every show. Every mic. That is true. And you'll never stop that. Every mic and the paid shows as well. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And then they work out. That's so cool, though. So, then we think, we think, we presume, is then they go to open mics, they fucking go, this is great. Gee, I'd really love a proper seat. Or I'd really love to see the final product of what these kids have been fucking around with. Yeah. So, then they happily come to pay for a ticket in the theater, which is ultra fucking cool. We assume that happens. But if Mr. Fucking Marketing Ninja over here, <laughs> I've watched three trailers, fucking <laughs> yippee Kayo motherfucker. Um, <laughs> we only assume that happens. We don't really know. Yeah. That's what's happening. So, the we would- The only I, way, way yeah. to know is to, to do a survey, but oh, we know. don't ever want to do that. Yeah, I know, I it doesn't. Do. I think it'd be weird. It's super weird, bro. And I weirdly, I spent a lot of time trying to think about how to do this. Like, yeah. this is clearly the best source of information. As your as your business, have all your fucking customers in front of you nightly. You know, like who gets that kind of access? Well, maybe it's store. You can argue they walk in and out. Fine, doesn't matter. My yeah. point is, we have all those motherfuckers there at shows. How come we're not asking them? 
we have all these questions. How come we're not getting that information? But I can't work out how Comedy Estonia would do it because we don't do it with a fucking survey. (laughs) Make it part of... uh the hosts uh, yeah Rauno's routine yeah Rauno's routine <laughs> oh yeah let's let's pu- push Rauno into more things <laughs> exactly let's just bully him into things Captain Morgan <laughs> so yeah so we want to make it a way that's cool for people and that people don't feel like you know whatever it's some other survey and what would be some really interesting way that we would you know find this information out from everyone because we'd love to know so we can like make more shows or make the shows that fucking I don't know people want to see or whatever or times or places or whatever shows they do or don't like uh yeah so yeah so the flying is good experience man it's yeah it it's was, really good to get really on the street good. and it was kind of freeing as well because you're you had to like uh i don't know you had to be you had to do something different mm-hmm. like if you do a low come show for an hour <laughs> and then after that like right after that you walk on the stage. It's really weird to do a yeah, set. It was because you weren't even thinking about the set. I had to go host. Like, yeah. thankfully, you know, I sort of had a pardon to go 15 minutes before under the guise of setting up the room. Yeah. But, you know, so I could get a couple of minutes to myself. But fuck, yeah, you kind of just, yeah, that for an hour and then on the stage, like. Yeah. But it was kind of cool also. Uh, That's where you, you, you thought about the set before and then you did like uh, a brain dead activity for an hour. Yeah. And kind of had fun doing it as well. And then you you didn't think about the set, and that's uh, like, you go on like so freshly, hmm. because if you write if you go, think about the set all the time, like every word or like thing before going on stage, I think like it. Um, I don't feel as loose. Then I feel like I'm doing just like I'm just saying the things. Hmm. But if I uh, yeah, if I think about it before and then I like don't think about my set at all. Mm. But sometimes I don't think about my set like for the whole day, and just like go to the mic, walk on stage, and just like do it because I'm like in my mind I know the story, and I I should be able to make it funny, mm. and that's how I. I like it. It's a good way to be, I think, and it's a way that I find hard though. And I find it hard because usually my day is also full of all kinds of other shit that I've got to do as well, like businessy shit. And so, for me, I struggle to work. And I can see that's like a really good way to do it. Like, I get it. Um, I find it hard because like in Edinburgh, I was really nervous, bro. Like the first three days, I was super nervous. Yeah, That's one of the two reasons why I was eating so much. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And... Just like performing outside of Estonia for the first, like not first time, but performing, you know, our first, we've been, me and Carl have been trying to make this happen for like three fucking years or more. Finally, the show's happened. How's it going to be? How's our venue like? Who's going to come? This is like three or four years of build up. Yeah. And then me going, oh, all my jokes, they're all about Estonia. Oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> what am I going to talk to these people? God, just overload, right? Of anxiety. And it was, that model didn't work for me because I don't, usually like all day i'm usually doing work so i have i can't just sit and think about it or just let it kind of pipe through my brain my brain goes like creative side out the door stand up out the door it's time to go to work motherfucker and so you know then all of a sudden then it was straight into flyering and then straight onto the stage and i think (laughs) i've learned to do more of a i sit and i think about my set list and i agree that it can make you stale absolutely um, I just try to like bring 
yeah, if I'm not careful and I'm not really trying to sell it, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. But like, I- And it depends, yeah. like, also, like, uh, on the way, like, I, I don't have, like, that many, like, one-liners or, like, punchy, mm. like, short bits. I, I kind of try to work on those, but I've, I've written, I've, I've written some. Yeah. But I look at those and I'm just like, man, that's so hack. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that shit. Give it a go. I think the, you know what, look, listen to your set. I feel like it's something where, yeah, you don't, you're more about the story and yeah. you're, you're painting, you're really good at painting a visual picture in my mind. Like when you do Salon Plus and you're talking about this Russian guy, like I can really visualize it. Yeah. So, you create humor, I think, through the story, through the picture that you're painting and then the bits that happen are funny. But I think it can be very good as well. And I think that you, you know, when you have that funny story, but then in the middle of it, it's got these bombs of just punchlines that by peppering in like punchlines that you've actually written. Yeah. It might be interesting to try. Yeah, that's what I'm- Because it might like, you might I'm go like, oh, that's hack, but structurally, it. like it works because the rest of your story isn't hack. Yeah. So it doesn't come off as hacky. Yeah, but hey, I mean, just like uh, I don't mean like the thing itself is hack, but the jokes are written. I think that those are hack <laughs> because uh, I'm not used to uh, writing like those short bits. So your storytelling ability has evolved yeah. faster than your punchline writing ability. Yeah. So now you're more comfortable writing kind of stories than you are writing punchlines. You've got to get a good write punchlines one day. Yeah, man. And it's like, <laughs> but it's kind of cool that we hang out with Daniel <laughs> because Daniel is kind of the opposite. He, he tells me, that, yeah, like he's more afraid to do stories mm. because he thinks like, I don't know. He thinks that it kind of works out weirdly for him. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's better on those bits and punchlines and writing the like small jokes. Mm. So uh, us hanging out, I mean, yeah, if we could give each other like advice. I think Daniel, I think he can do those longer bits, but he needs a particular bit and a particular person. Like you need to buy into the Daniel Weinberg's fucking story first. Yeah. If you're down with Daniel then you'll go with his story and you'll probably like oh, it way more. Yeah, he's a really funny dude. Mm, right, yeah, yeah. And he always puts on a show. That's like, that's why he's kind of fun to hang out with. <laughs> but like at the start, I imagine it's horrible. <laughs> because like people like really, really hate him in the beginning because he looks like a jackass or whatever <laughs> and then i keep telling those people like just enjoy the show <laughs> but because if you look at it in that way he's always trying to perform and do some weird shit yeah. to make people laugh that's <laughs> and yeah that's kind of cool yeah right you've got those different styles <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, he has got both so that's uh, really interesting that you I, I like that free-flowing thing. You get on the stage and then you, you do the bit. Yeah, I think for me, then I had to do the opener. I think I'm not as good at crowd work as I think I am. But maybe. I just need more practice, right? I'm just... I'm still... You know, with my crowd work, I'm still very... Mm, I don't know what the word is. Like, touchy or sensitive or... It's almost like it's something hot. And when I pick it up, I don't want to hold it for too long. I only go for it as long as I... It's a bit too immediate. I don't think I take my time enough okay, with yeah. with crowd work because I have this kind of really energetic style and I'm jumping around and I'm just, when I'm at my best, I think I'm doing all this shit all the time. 
So, to slow down and kind of go with the crowd work bit, I kind of go like, (gasps) and kind of get my laugh and then back the fuck out of that and then go to my next thought. Yeah, for me, what was really good was uh, uh, Mika said to me before the... Like now I've started to like re- like try a little bit of the crowd work. I've not, never like really done it before, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And now I'm like uh, I don't know testing the water a bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, I got to that point because uh, Mikael told me right before uh, up late. Oh yeah, yeah. Up late is our show where we make up jokes on the spot. Yeah, the uh, subject gets put up, and then uh, you know you got to make up the jokes on the spot. Yeah. And uh, he just told me, because I've always been there, like, kind of quick. I'll just, like, have a thing on. I'll just, like, do a short thing, like a short bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'll want the next one and do the next thing. But I'll keep it short. And right before going on, Mikkel was like, man, just, like, give it a couple of minutes. Like, mm-hmm. just don't be a pussy. <laughs> right. So, because you're talking about where there's a topic and you got to make it up. Yeah. And then, but you can say when you want the topic to change. Or you well, I mean, like in pure setlist format, you don't get to say yeah. because the, so the comedian might have six or seven different topics for their ten minutes, and the idea is that the the original idea of the international format is that someone's controlling it, but only they say when you can change the thing. Yeah, but where or change the topic? Sorry, so you can go like internationally. So the idea was that there was another comic always running that and they would fuck with you yeah. and be like, no, motherfucker, you're going to talk about this shit and keep on going and keep on going. But yeah, that's kind of, uh, but that was a good, uh, kind of good advice thing. Right, stick because, on the topic, yeah. Yeah, because that's like, let your mind flow on that one thing. Like, Don't be too quick to just like throw a thing away. Just like, don't huh. do it the first thing that comes to your mind. Just like, keep it in your system for a little bit. And see what flows out. And like, take risks. Basically. Right. And it takes that ability to just stand there and just go like, all right, we're going to have science. Because the audience exists in a different fucking time zone yeah. to, the, to the, uh, the, the time warp that we exist in. And, like, it's a really good- One thing I teach students when I'm trying to teach people how to be better presenters, I say, okay, do this, all right? When- you are on the stage presenting, think about how fucking hard it is to just stand there for a moment and look at them. Like, try it. One second, two seconds. Like, it's an eternity of those people staring at you and you going, all these fucking base DNA instincts going, say something, motherfucker, or run, or do something, or pull your pants down, or do anything right now, but just do nothing. Yeah. And it freaks you the fuck out. But then try sitting down and watching someone and when they take a second, you go like, yeah, this yeah, is fine. That's all good. This is, fine. this is fucking great. You actually, you gave me a chance to sit and think about what you just said. I've processed it. We all had a fucking breather. And now let's keep on going on. It's actually great. But it's so hard to overcome that fear. Yeah, that's what uh, Sander keep, uh, kept on telling me. Like, like, don't be afraid of the silence. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's a really good thing. It is. Also. It's very tough. Yeah, to just yeah. So in our upland, I can imagine. Yeah, that's. I mean, I do alright at that show, but yeah, to sit on that probably I do alright because I am forced to stick on a topic. 
Yeah, because we get to say a little bit. We can kind of go like, next fucking topic, Mikhail. Yeah, but sometimes it fucks with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, that gave me... Like when I did that, I don't know. It, it, I, that's why I think those uh, uplates are really good. Mm. Because those always give you a, like, a, a little boost. I don't know. It kind of shakes you up a bit. And it freshens the thing. They're really well attended always, aren't they? I think people get it now. Yeah. Like, But we only do I it think... in Tartu. Huh. We haven't done it in Tallinn. Like, I've never done it in Tallinn. Yeah, you're right. You used to do it at, uh, I don't know, what's the place called now? Because the O3 closed. U3. I think we've or done one at U3. U3. Yeah, because we don't, like, like gang, gang Club in Tartu is this perfect place. Yeah, yeah. There, it, there isn't a room in Yeah, Tartu. it can be every kind of show. It can be, we can have 40 people all just put into the front and it's fine. It, it actually seems still nice. Or we've had like 200 and fucking 80 million or some shit like in there. That year where the stairs didn't work and everyone had to come up the fire case. Were you there yeah, for that one? That, was, that was the most ever full. Like, no, actually, uh, we already had that one or this one. This oh, yeah. Year, I heard. Because okay. this one was like really packed as well. Fuck yeah. Yeah, we don't kind of have that really flexible, easygoing room in Tallinn in the same way. So, we don't kind of have, like, we can just wear anything on a gang club. We'll be like, call them up, like, yo, can we do something? There's a free. Yeah, that's a that's a cool room also. Yeah. You can, like, move shit around and make it, like. Yeah, it's very easy. There's just some lights. What do you want? Some lights, some sound. Let, let's go some chairs. We put them out. Yeah. Yeah, in Tallinn, we don't really have that everywhere because it's so difficult with venues right now in Tallinn, like. Vis-a-vis, -vis, we had to move fucking Jim Gaffigan, had to move Fern Brady because U3 closed down. And then if... Because it's Thailand, fine. It's a capital city, but it's not... They're more formal. You have to book it and pay the, all this rent and, you know, there's all these conditions and it, it becomes less kind of casual and just fuck around. Or like, because I feel like we yeah, still, like, just want to charge a little fee, right? Like, we don't yeah. feel comfortable. Even though this is the weird part of the way we think. Yeah. Even though we've just said how much we love Uplate, how electric it can be, and how much clearly the audience seems to like it because they're the most attended shows, yeah. we still feel weird about charging 10 or even 12 euros for it. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, it's just, yeah, no. Because, like, we all might bump. Maybe, but we've got years of evidence that says it doesn't happen like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the disconnect between the, the artist. Yeah, and the other thing. Yeah. Would be like you would want to like if you see guys kill all the time mm. as an audience, I think like sometimes it would be cool to see somebody like really bump. <laughs> yeah. Struggle. I think it's not the bump, it's the struggle you yeah. mean. And I think we yeah, like that, yeah, the struggle. Like a hard bump, yeah, that would be like terrible. Sure, but, I mean, but like, the struggle, you want to see yeah. him go, what was that? Mm, him mm, trying to fit or her yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah, because it's real. Yeah. Right. I guess that's it, right? We all yeah. want to feel like our stand up or you might even say all of acting is about how real does it seem. And when you, when that person is really struggling. But then here's the thing. Now you intersect with why isn't improv more popular? And it is. You know where imp improv is weirdly popular in Latvia? Really? Like in most places, even worldwide, stand-up is more popular. Like you can name many well-known stand-ups, right? Who are yeah. even in mainstream. Excluding Drew Carey, fucking name me an improver. Yeah. Not really. Most, yeah. Yeah, maybe somebody who might do improv as well. Maybe. That's right. Yeah. So, maybe, okay. But so, like somebody who does it on the side. Maybe yeah. you could name, but yeah, not like a guy just. You'd be more improv. like your, your people, like your fucking, uh, your Seth Myers 
And those guys who are late night who came out of like Chicago and Second City and stuff like that, like high level improvers who then were doing stand up or were doing TV or something like that. Like, but yeah, it's a weird thing, right? Why excluding fucking weed ass Latvia, stand up's always more popular yeah. than than improv, even though by default improv is people struggling. People being kind of, I guess, authentic, even though they're doing characters. Maybe that's it. They're doing characters. And yeah, they're but, not- but it's still more like a theater. Yeah, true. It's not as, like, you can't get, I think there's, like, really hard to make anything funnier than a stand-up uh, act. Because, like, I mean, you could argue, like, yeah, there's a different comics for different people. But if you, like, you find the comic, I think like the uh, amount of enjoyment you could get, this is like tr- the amount of laughs, like laughs per minute, whatever mm. count. This is a tremendous circle jerk about stand up. I love where we're going yeah. with this. I mean, we just what, spent twenty minutes yeah. talking about how fucking great stand up is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like that's he's right. Why, he's right. Yeah, that's why I think uh, Family Guy is that so good because that's. That, those are really like set up punchlines, set up punchlines. Punchline. Okay. So, therefore, you, but what you're saying to me right now to counter your point, young Roger, yeah. is that set up punchline, set up punchline, joke, 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 joke is the strongest form of humor. And no, 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 but uh, is the strongest form because otherwise you might say, well, what are other forms, longer forms where humor comes out of the story? Yeah. But While see- there's not as many jokes, maybe there's depth. Do I, look, do I have to fucking get Hannah Gatsby in here to fucking no, no, kick I mean, your scrawny little yeah. ass? <laughs> no, no, I mean, but yeah, but still, like, uh, if it's a really good story, yeah, true. Then the the roller coaster of the story and the final punchline or whatever cl- conclusion mm. should also be like really entertaining, really like it could be like really really funny. Okay, if you had a story, you can always put punchlines into it. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I just saw like um, YouTube uh, uh, suggested me a video, video of uh, Chappelle, like one of his new specials, mm-hmm. where he mentioned like he found out his uh, son smokes weed, oh, and yeah. the whole story was, it was like when you look at the way like he tells it, mm-hmm. it's a roller coaster, but it gets the like the, in the end it gets like really really good. Or from like from the beginning, it's really really good. But you like, so it is a story with punchlines in it. More and more laughs come out. Right. Okay. So he okay he does that, and that's what I really like about stand up. Like when uh, when I see like a room that's like totally dead, and you see that this one person goes on the stage and he can feel the room's energy, come to that energy and kind of lift them up to a different. Uh, that's like really cool. We saw, uh, me and Ari went to that. We saw um, a Scottish comedian like, and half the set, we had no clue what he was saying. But uh, the guy was like, I don't know, 50, 60 year old guy and he killed. He mur- like all the other comics like kind of bombed and he got on stage and uh, like during the end of his set, like he did a, like a 15 or 20, like it was almost a standing go. And there were like two or three people uh, heckling throughout the whole show and for this like first four minutes of his uh, act and he uh, eventually got them to shut down. 
Wow. And they enjoyed and laughed as well. And everybody was just like hands up. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. That's so funny. Um, it is, right? And that's, I agree. That's the power of stand-up that th- I love it too. That you, you can just go and entertain these people. And that these people are just somehow entertained. I've always liked yeah. the idea that there's like nothing. Like I always had this romanticized idea that I'd be, as a stand-up comedian, I'd be traveling around just me and my microphone and like <laughs> something. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. And uh, I was probably too much in the middle of an IT job going, I wish I could do anything else but this. Um, but yeah, we're on our own. Uh, wait, what was it? Uh, you were talking? Wait, what was I saying? Wait, the romanticization, me, we're on our own. Yes, we can do it. Okay, yes, here's my point. Okay, let's go back to your Scottish comedian friend. I got it now. I'm all over this shit, all right? Um, He was killing, right? He was one of those, like, I bet he was, like, very more classic. A classic, like, like he came up on the stage Mm -hmm. when uh, he was brought up. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was called out. Uh, Usually, a comic walks on the stage, shakes the uh, host's hand, Mm -hmm. turns around, and like says hello to the audience whatever but he just like strolled like really slowly he fucking owns it yeah and then he had like a, a beer like a pint <laughs> in his hands and he like drank from it and just yelled yelled out some shit and then took a guy's hat put it on his head and then said some lines and put it like gave it back and then went to, to the stage <laughs> grabbed the mic so he it was really weird he like he got yeah, like from the start, me and Ari were like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like that's that's kind of weird, but he somehow that like really worked for him, and then he uh, he uh, he stood down from the stage and like walked uh, like uh, I don't know to the third row probably or some shit like that, like to be in like in, like uh, with the people. Mm-hmm. And that's how he kind of got them. And then sometimes he would walk back on the stage. And then when he saw like people were kind of pulling away, he would walk again, like to be with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like it kind of, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> and I thought like maybe that's the thing we should like. I, I, I thought that I, I don't, I want to try in, uh, in Las Nomagi. <laughs> in the hardest room. Yeah, because that room, like, it, I don't know. I, I I like that room because I haven't figured it out. Like it's kind of <laughs> weird for me. I'm not that like comfortable on the stage there. But yeah, I love that show in Last of Us, and I like how when we all get excited when like there's no like no one's turned up or something. Like, yeah. One because one night it'll be forty, and the next show it'll be five. Yeah. But the next time there'll be forty, so you're like, what the fuck? So we can't even work and that it could out. Still be going rough. Like, yeah yeah 45 but when there's only five like we all sit in the you guys all sit in the audience and it's great yeah uh and it like just makes more fun like okay but what i was thinking about right like you were saying before how you're worried that some shit that you write sounds hack and all the time right comedians we love judging each other we love judging yeah. each other material like oh that's a hack bit man you know that's <laughs> that's some fucking easy joke that's a hack joke that's you know some street joke that's a common joke. That's just some fucking real, you know, hack shit. And and we sort of, when we talk to each other, we have this really high and mighty fucking thing like, no, nah, man, I don't do hack. You know, I got some jokes. I wrote some stuff. It's sharp. It's not hack. But what we all desperately want to do as comedians, we all desperately want to be that guy. 
<laughs> we all desperately want to be that fucking cool and that much loved by the audience. If we're like, I want to get this huge reaction. I want to entertain them. I want them to cheer. That dude just got it, right? Your Scottish guy. Yeah. He- but I bet you if you like just wrote down his jokes- You'd be oh, like, yeah, this was, is hack of shit, right? Yeah, he was hack of shit. Hack of shit. But he, that's what I mean. Here's the fucking balance, right? Yeah, maybe those jokes are hack of shit, but even you two motherfuckers were laughing, yeah. right? How is it the connoisseurs of comedy who should not like this like it? Yeah, and he uh, was that good. He was it. that fucking good at being hack, right? So, there's yeah. some level that transcends it. It's not like, oh, instantly there's something about the delivery. There's something yeah. about the way it's presented it's like, it doesn't matter what you do, as long as you're, you do it, like, really good. <laughs> I think so. Because, like, like really great people have been given, like, I don't know, a green, a green card sometimes mm. about doing some stuff. And that's why they push some limits and stuff. Because uh, somehow people, like the crowd, uh, I mean, like, in sports and everywhere, like, they somehow feel like, oh, he he's earned it. Hmm. Like, he could, okay, he can do that one thing. Like, Or he's got the nuts to do it. Or he yeah. just takes it and just has the, like, there's that fucking dude last night uh, at Kapika Open Mic, the Indian bloke, Vivek. Yeah. So, this dude, this Indian bloke's getting up there and he's just like, he's, his opener is, uh, Oh, you weren't there. You were getting a kebab, right? Yeah, I was getting so, a so kebab. He's, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, why don't you remember this, Roger Andre? Um, so, his opener is Estonian women are not very good looking. Oh, they're all pretty ugly. I went through Tinder and I didn't see any good looking ones. And the whole crowd is going, what the fuck did you just say, little brown man? And it's he just doesn't give a fuck. It's, it's weirdly tremendous to watch. Yeah. I didn't like- I'm a bit as well, like, this. Damn, these are pretty easy jokes, but holy shit, I've never seen someone- Like, selling it. Just sell that as well, like, and he was, like, as well, telling the crowd, like, you're a terrible crowd, this sucks, and he just kept it on the knife's edge just enough. He was so fucking close to tumbling into, we hate you, we're about to storm the crowd and call fucking Martin Helmer, and yeah. this shit's getting out of here. He just fucking kept it there, kept on going, Estonian women are ugly- you're a terrible audience. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, that's so cool. I do. Oh, fuck, fuck it was I'm close. I didn't see that, man. Yeah. Fuck the kebab. This man. guy was really interesting. I don't know how long he's been doing it for, or what his thing is, or if that's his shtick, because he sells it in such a way that you're like, wait, does he really think this? Like, you couldn't quite sense the sarcasm in his voice either. I don't know through the, the accent or culture issues or whether that's his thing. I was trying to work out, like, hey, did you just. I'm almost like, is this the Indian Margus torts? Like, are you just getting away with saying weird shit and selling it just because you've got testicles of steel? Yeah. I got to work out with this guy. Like, why? What's up with it? It's very- I don't want to, like, criticize comedy. I don't want to say, like, you can't say that or that's bad yeah. or shit like that. I'm just saying super fucking interesting yeah, I mean, how he's uh, selling the worst shit. We all love comedy. That, that's, like, the one thing we, we all have in common. And mm-hmm. that's why uh, I think it's weird when sometimes, like, new micers or something, some shit like they think that maybe some of the old guys don't like I don't know like them or whatever. Yeah. It's weird because like we all like seeing stand up. It's and if you're doing something different on the stage, I don't give a fuck what you're doing there. If it's like entertaining and fun, I fucking love it. Mm. I don't give a shit. It's like it's a different uh, side of the th- side of the thing, and 
yeah but it, yeah if it gets like repetitive or whatever like sure. going throughout like you're always doing the same set or whatever then it's like sure we, even if you had a written set you would do yeah. the same thing i guess that's why i not like copy car uh, uh, in english like it's pretty hot and if you're a micah you can get away with doing some weird shit because the crowd's in a good mood for it but the, the showmanship the true professionalism comes when you can get a cold ass crowd to go along like your scottish friend that you saw to go along yeah. with your weird shit or whatever it might be that's the real skill that's what they're you know they're trying to get get yeah. along to like is it entertaining or is there something there i like that like people ask like what you know how how can we progress to the next level or how do i you know get somewhere with comedy of stone in my shows and like how I kind of just have to be like, I don't know, bro. Like, absolutely, you got to write jokes. You got to get funnier. You got to do your thing. But there's some point where I can just tell. I'm just like, yeah, you you get it. You're the entertainer. Or it's more like, I can see where you're going with this. This is a super interesting one. Yeah. So, if open mic is- you know it. I don't have to see the funniest jokes on them. I have to be like, oh, I get the thing that you're doing with the- You're turning that around and that's your character. Okay, okay, cool. Like, yeah. when you're just bumbling around and the jokes are terrible and I'm like, but if I can kind of go like, yeah, all right, I see you yeah. fucking, I see that. Yeah, as long as you're, uh, you're, uh, you are yourself. Oh, look at that, Mr. Authentic, yes. Then it's good, I think. Yeah. Is Jimmy Carr himself? That's why he's not good. Oh, you heard it here first from Andre. <laughs> I mean, Spitting the good, controversy. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. But well, that's what I was kind of bring up before. Like, who's the great? Okay, Chappelle's a great. Yeah. Jimmy Carr's a great. I would argue Chappelle. Okay, Chappelle is clearly a more famous comedian than Jimmy Carr in the world, even though they're both very yeah. popular. I mean, because Chappelle is number one. So somehow the stories still do seem to sell. Yeah, and there's. Well, also Louis C.K. is good. Really, really, really good. Mm, not seeing that way. <laughs> really good. Really good. I mean, Seinfeld, mm. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like the fact that he always does the same set. But that's just... Like, he's yeah. always doing the best thing. True. Although I'd really like to see it mm. once. <laughs> but I couldn't see it going through, like, me watching it all the time. No, but I do like at least, I mean, okay, Seinfeld has his like very particular way. It's almost like scientific, you know, the way he breaks it down. They analyze the joke, the bit, the, the, the whole thing. Like, I love that thing in the documentary, isn't it? That he's got like three old Jewish men who watch every one of his acts and give him notes. Yeah. Like, who's funnier than old Jewish men? This is the best. <laughs> like, he's got three old Jewish men yeah. to, like that he takes with him from show to show. And they sit there and watch the act. And then they give him notes. Or like, well, or at least when he's developing the hour, yeah. That they, yeah, and they, he's like a different kind of, yeah. A, he's very that, but I love how, yeah. I love how much he owns it. That he goes like, fuck it, no, this is the way I do comedy. Fuck yeah. you, I'm the you know richest yeah. comedian in the world because of this method, yeah. That I've done, yeah. But it's it's it, yeah. I don't want to like get it confused, but it is it is like he's a really really great comic, but like me personally, you sure, yeah. Uh, I I like a, a little bit of that chaos. Like it might go. Like it's sometimes it might bomb, but yeah. if you're like I don't know, like Jimmy Carr does Jimmy Carr bomb? I don't know. Maybe. You know what? What we don't see of Jimmy Carr because is he's a, he's a hard working motherfucker. Yeah. He's working like six nights a week, so he'll do TV or live shows. That's why I think if you look at the if you look at the um, dates when he always comes to Estonia, he's always playing on a Monday and Tuesday because then on the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday because that's when they're not filming. 
the TV. Like, he oh. works hard. He's doing TV or he's out doing live. So, and he's touring all kinds of bumfuck places around the UK. It takes him like a year and a half to get around the UK. So, he must be playing some rough places. Yeah, but still, because the, they are like one-liners. He might transcend it. I have a feeling he may transcend Yeah, I think that. like yeah. one-liners were... They, sure. Like, for a long period, come on, you got to love something. He may just be that famous by now, that no matter where he goes... Yeah. Well, I guess if you're probably a Jimmy Carr fan, like, he's not really playing a pub. Hey, welcome to the pub. There's star of TV, Jimmy Carr in, yeah. the, in the... You know, maybe you want to shut up while Jimmy Carr tells you some jokes at the pub. Like, no, he's only going to be in theaters where you buy tickets to Jimmy Carr. So, I don't reckon he... Who knows? He probably does. Yeah. But that must be that must be a difficulty then when you get to that level. Like, how do you keep being sharp? Yeah. But I see, like, uh, you hear, hear about, like, Chappelle bombing all the time. Like, sometimes right. his gigs doesn't go well. Who gives a fuck? Well, that is true. Yeah. He okay. takes those risks. And that's why I think, like, he's... Well, that... Well, okay. Well, Jimmy must also produce material, too. How does he do it? He... I'm trying to think of the conversations that I've had with Jimmy Carr about how he writes his stuff and when his new hours are coming along. So, the hour is- uh, takes about a year and a half to come at least because he's touring through that. And then I was a bit like, well, how are you doing uh, warm-ups and how are you doing uh, work-in-progress shows for your hour? And he said he does some. So, I think he may take a slower schedule at the end of a tour or something like that. or Or he says, hey, here's- two months where I'm only doing smaller gigs, club gigs, or some unannounced gigs or something like that. And I guess in that time, yeah, he is working through the material. But I kind of offhandedly remember something he said that was like eight. Like he may even be eight shows before he starts doing that. Yeah. I don't want to be speaking too far out of turn here, but it wasn't that many. Like you would do, if you're Roger Andre, you're doing fuck time. But- it was almost like Jimmy knows his stuff so well yeah. that he might really know, you know, maybe he just needs eight shows. Sandra only had one or two, you know, maybe, yeah. right? You know, maybe I mean, he only Sandra's, needs eight shows to- Yeah, so when Sandra does New Hours, he always has like a few bits there that he hasn't done like never before. Never before, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, so maybe, yeah. That, uh, he, he knows what he's doing. He writes it out. He knows, oh- I know I can use this one. Right. At some level, you just kind of know, like, yeah. and Jimmy Carr just knows, yeah, that's a pretty fucking funny joke. That's a Jimmy Carr joke. Okay. I'm just going to get out there and do it. Um, yeah. I had the audacity. I was trying to be nice. And I tried to pitch. I was like, Jimmy, you're a busy guy. You got a lot of fucking stuff to do. I know you're working all the time. You know, do you get help writing your special? Yeah. This is an audacious question to ask a stand-up comedian. And I felt- only after a significant amount of time talking to him did I feel comfortable to ask that. Because this is like going, hey, Roger, do you fucking plagiarize your shit? Yeah. Do you fucking take it? Do you have some other cunt come along and write things? That's like the worst, almost the worst thing that you can accuse a stand-up comedian yeah, of doing. Yeah, really, like we, we really love our bits. <laughs> yes. But I also understand at a certain level, particularly like TV, I think, well- I didn't get the exact words out of his mouth, but I, I thought all those TV comics have writers because you just can't actually come up with that much that the TV needs. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't want to speak out of fucking tone with that one. So, that's kind of asked him and I said, you know, well, do you have some help? And he's like, Lewis, it's a year and a half and I've got to come up with 70, uh, 70 jokes. 70 jokes in a year and a half. I can do it. 
Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? All right. Because that's the way he sees it. Yeah. That's how analytical he is about it. He's gone, oh, I need yeah. 70 jokes. And to that's fill. how he can do it, I think, like all of those things. Yeah. He's that sort of a person. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. also like really cool. Hmm. To, to be like that, that work ethic is awesome. Amazing work ethic. Right. And he just yeah. goes, he's so analytical. He so works hard that he's like, I know I need 70 great jokes to fill this hour to get the next hour out to a, to, yeah. And uh, he's just really great. You know, he's one of the best at writing those jokes. So, yeah, he goes, well, he's, and I bet you he breaks down. He's like, I've got to come up with an average of 10 a month. Yeah. And he probably sits down and goes, Jimmy Carr, you can come up with 10 jokes this month. And I guess maybe, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Come up with 10 or at least 10 that are like so so. But I think like that's that thing like, uh, like, like, I mean, like, I, I, I think like when I uh, with that, when I would go to watch like Jimmy Carr, I'd go to uh, uh, probably like a theater. I'd love to go to to a theater, but like I think I'd love to see like Chappelle at Uxkrik. Yeah, sitting on that chair, just doing like three hours like he did, like sometimes does. Mm. Just goes on stage for like three hours, just sits there and talks about what's on his mind or what's going on. That's crazy. That's a so, and that's so interesting that Jimmy Carr, with his analytical seventy jokes a fucking hour, whatever you know, seven, and then Chappelle, who just goes up there for three hours and riffs and smokes and stuff like that, they're both the same art form. Yeah, that's still stand-up comedy. We're like, yeah, yeah they're both very famous stand-up comedians. That's drastically yeah. different process. They're bro- both great. They're both great. Yeah, but that's uh, why I think. Uh, have you seen the movie uh, Rush? Uh, no. That's what uh, I really like that movie because uh, that kind of had the same angle that you can be great but have like different, mm. like do it your own way. Uh, there was a, it was like a Formula One movie about those two guys like Nicky Lauda and oh, okay, uh, yeah. shit I can't remember ah, James Hunt and uh, yeah James Hunt like only won one uh, I, Grand Prix. Okay. Is the it? whole Grand Prix. The whole yeah, championship. The whole thing, yeah, the whole championship. He mm. won one. And uh, Nicky Lauda won like many. Mm. But like after winning it, uh, uh, it was like I also watched the documentary about it. Not only the Hollywood movie, <laughs> but like uh, after uh, like uh, James Hunt won, uh, Nicky Lauda was like pushing him to like start training. I need my competition. Mm. And he was just like, I'll, I'll enjoy it. Like huh. this is what I wanted for my whole, lo- whole life. And now I got it. And if I don't enjoy it, then what's the point of yeah. getting it? And it's different. Like one, some people want like dung, 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 and other ones have just like a take a calmer path and more soothing and enjoy the, like really the process. I'm not saying that. No, no, that I'm with you. Jimmy doesn't enjoy it. That probably. But that's, that's why, why he's such he an interesting it. character, yeah. right? That's why he's such. I would say most of my experiences with artists are more like a Chappelle-like thing. Not that they're great. I mean, they're great like Chappelle, but they take their time. They're thinking art doesn't come quick. Not art is a mysterious process, but they live in a world where it's they can still be free of kind of, I'm not worried. They're still worried about things, but yeah, that's kind of what I want for most of you guys to kind of not have these other major worries, hopefully, in your lives, right? That mostly you are experiencing life and then writing about it and you're kind of free to do that. And I think most of the great artists I've seen are like that. Yeah. 
And Jimmy just stands out as this fucking machine of a <laughs> creative, clearly. Yeah. Super creative. I mean, as well, like those uh, Instagrams that he posts every day where he got the, the, the doll. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but his Instagram is mostly a, like a knitted doll of Jimmy Carr. Yeah. And his tour manager takes them and like, I'm in front of the Talon Church. And oh, Jimmy, yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen those. Ones, and yeah. Jimmy, but Jimmy does think up the lines though. So the tour manager goes, "Hey, I found this interesting photo. I took a, a picture with the doll." And then Jimmy does the lines, and he's fucking so fast at this. Like you're like, this dude actually is the real deal. Like he can, yeah, his muscle, he's just spitting yeah, him. His yeah. comedy muscle is really sharp. So strong, but so analytical. By yeah. the way, um, I got to admit, it's about an hour and ten minutes into this, and I only just worked out your microphone was too low. The whole, button, the whole time. The whole time. I was like, oh, why isn't it, Roger? I was like, speak the fuck up, man. <laughs> Enough with this. You goddamn. And then I realized I looked over and there's a little switch. and went, oh, the switch has been wrong the whole time. Really? So, if you've been outside and struggling and straining with our inconsistent, like, <laughs> volumes of the same thing, I want to apologize to you right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Now, I'm like, yeah, this is fucking how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm but sorry. Can you turn it up uh, when you like upload it? Or- no, nah, because it's like it's all one channel. Oh yeah, so it goes. We don't mix. I've got to yeah. learn how to use the recorder. Then I have two channel, and then we can. And I have to practice all that for Tissident Live because we have to record. This little guy is going to be the guy in charge of recording it. So I'm like, I can't fuck oh, that up. Yeah, I remember when I uh, did a spot at Tissident Live, mm. and then Ari told me like, to he had that big. Uh, a recorder that Bruno kicked like <laughs> on the first day of summer tour. <laughs> but uh, the big one, yeah, he told me like, yeah, you got to push that button twice. <laughs> twice. And he kept on telling that. And I got so anxious because like, <laughs> I don't want to fuck that up. And, they, and and I had to like leave right before, uh, like right bef- uh, after my set. Mm. And I was like, I don't want those guys talking like three hours. And then when they look at the recorder, they're like, fuck, it didn't record <laughs> the whole time. So, yeah, hopefully nothing happened. No. But I hopefully. got really anxious. Yeah. But did it record or not? Or how did they? It did record. It did record. Okay. Yeah. But I, I got like, yeah. I'm super nervous about The 20 that, minutes before the thing. Didn't record. Yeah. Okay. They I was like, fun. holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, now we've got it. Now we've... Uh, Oh, we're talking about Edinburgh. God, we got deep on the comedy, bro. Yeah. I like it. It's good. We're getting in there. How's your uh, how's your podcast going with Daniel? You got the new podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we hate the name <laughs> because everything, when you Google it, everything is called Baikesiankos. <laughs> but we were like, fuck it, we'll run with it. Go for it. And uh, yeah, it's it's going great. The thing uh, for us, like now we got all the setup and uploading thing. Thanks to you, like we got all that, that <laughs> shit worked out, and we don't have to worry about that. We only got to worry about like meeting, like a few times a week, uh, nice. a week, and record like in advance. Nice, in advance. Yeah. Yeah. When I uh, when I was asking in the crowd, like who listens to the podcast or who knows you and Daniel, like loads of people. It's really nice. Yeah. To see, yeah, people getting into it, man. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're slowly getting better. Also, <laughs> what was it like? How you how have you changed over those episodes? I mean, like we we we've gotten more used to talking to each other, because like like the fo- first ones, like I think we recorded like 
four or five ones that we we were like we're never going to upload <sighs> those like in the beginning the mystery tapes oh dude uh my my favorite time recording with him was uh when sander was away and he was just like oh come to the come to sander's house because he was like sitting that sitting in the house hmm. like doing the i don't know like uh hitting the jerking ovens off and ovens and stuff oh okay keeping yeah. the house warm keeping the house warm yeah, yeah. And, and he off. had to do like a sauna once a uh, week and he like <laughs> called me over and was like come on man like uh and uh we, we went to the sauna had like really cool conversations like uh and then when we got out we were so exhausted <laughs> and when we sat down and daniel pushed record the first thing he said was oh, and I just started laughing and I was like, fuck it, man. And we paused it and we we're like, what the fuck's going on? And he was just like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, he, he's kind of like Estonian. Um, what's the guy's name? Do, Tiger Belly Podcast. I can't say his name. Uh, Tiger Belly. Yeah, Tiger Belly Podcast. Oh, okay. Kim, Kim uh, fuck it. Dude, if I say the name wrong, I'm gonna look so racist. So, I, gotta, <laughs> oh. I gotta look it up, man. Oh, brother. Uh, I am wondering a little bit about our English comedy nights. Like, I think it's very good that we can talk freely. Bobby Lee. Oh, Bobby Lee. Okay, yeah, yeah Bobby Lee. Oh, yeah, of course, Bobby Lee. like Estonian Bobby Lee. He is Estonian Bobby Lee. Yeah. Um, I do like that we can talk really freely in Estonia. And uh, we can kind of say kind of whatever stuff and people don't get politically offended and you can walk the line. And I think that's good. Like the people let us do that. And one, the other side of that is, well, you can't take it too far, right? You can't, yeah. for example, you know, pull your eyelids back to <laughs> for, to reference Asian people. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can't do that there. Probably not. So then it's like sometimes- Any, Anything I'm, to do with the faces. You, yeah, yeah, you, you can't, can't do, do like- faces but i sometimes wonder like because we have to walk that line like even last night like was funny but it was only funny because the crowd was on board with it and we had yeah. established like we could very easily drop over the other side of that line and yeah. just be like you what the fuck is this racist yeah. shit and we're like yeah, no Ren no renard had a really racist set I <laughs> and i wonder i mean i've been you know contributing to that as well <laughs> i fuck around with those topics and stuff and then oh my god then when color went to the black gentleman in the front row and then he wanted to do his Edinburgh bit, which is what, yeah, because there was, in Edinburgh, he goes to the uh, black guy in the front row and he goes, there's no something, something, something ekra. Yeah, some ekra joke. Some ekra joke that Caleb, who's so uh, nervous in the middle of one of his sets that he instantly, he sees a black guy in the front row and instantly launches into one of his ekra, anti-ekra sets. Yeah. And then does the line and goes, and you could see him go like, oh, I remember now I'm not in Estonia. Yeah. And we fucking lost our shit at the back of the room. Yeah. That was so funny because we all knew it was coming from his nervousness. Yeah. He went, huh, 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 Martin <laughs> Just like, what are you doing? This is Scotland, brother. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a clue and then last night he went and, and Caleb went to recalc that bit and he did it to the one black guy sitting in the front row and it seemed like the dude was cool with it and in with it getting along yeah. um, but you don't know dude in Edinburgh oh my god in Edinburgh we saw all kinds it was great when we're flyering because we see all kinds of friends and different comedians just walking down the street right and they you know you could say hello yeah and I saw Dame Baptiste and, uh, and Dame Baptiste and I'm like yo man what's up and we go in and he goes in 
for, I go in for the fist bump yeah. and he goes in for the handshake. <laughs> and it's like when the fist approaches the hand, the fist has to like give in. Like I was going to, and I was like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going with the fist. Yeah. And I went in and I got this like an inch away from his hand and I went, oh, I've got to go with the hand. What am I doing? I think this is racist. And then I had to, you know, open up and then smoothly go into the hand. And I was like, Dane was like, no, we're not fist bumping. And I, and I was like, fair enough. Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. I I understand. Let's shake hands. This is the way things are done. Um, but yeah, you can't like as a white guy- you got to watch when you go in for the fist bump on the black guy, right? You got to take his cue. Or you're going to really own it. Or oh, I was trying. I was trying. But Dane yeah, is, man, he was owning it more than me. Yeah, but man, if you were just like, I mean, like in that moment, if you own it, just like you don't change. You just like stand there with your <laughs> face out and you just look him into the eye and be like, fist bump, man. Fist bump. I really look like a racist Australian then. Oh, maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe it's the accent, man. It maybe it's... it's <laughs> everything sounds racist. Yeah. In his <laughs> accent. But yeah, I thought uh, when I saw like other shows in Edinburgh, uh, they all had like Australian hosts. <laughs> that was also kind of weird. There's one for every country. We go around, we, there's a schedule... You know, I just happened to overstay my visa here, but, you know, one gets assigned to every country and every comedy club. <laughs> He's your Australian host. Welcome in. He's going to jump around, give him a VB occasionally. You yeah. know, he'll be all right. But there was a lot of Australian comics. I guess so. Yeah, I guess it's pretty common. It's like, because it's something you can come over. Like, it's a festival. Like, if you're in Australia, because Australia is so isolated in comedy. Um, where but do the, uh, Australia get the same thing that they don't need a visa or anything to get into... Um, I mean, like from India, you don't need, right? Since it's like all the countries that have been from under the Queen. I don't know. Look, you would say that, but I wouldn't be surprised that those British motherfuckers would put some visa problems on India just anyway. Oh, uh, British are savages. They'll invade your country and then still won't let you come back to their country. <laughs> they go, they're savages, man. Maybe. Um, I I I know we can come visa three for visa bleh, visa free. For three months, but I don't know how it goes with the saying you're a performer bit. I'm willing to bet. Well, you can just say whatever, but then maybe on a poster. I don't know how that goes because then also what does it mean when you get ticket or even bucket income? Um, you know, like, is that counted? as? I don't understand how it works. So, even though we can come for three months, I'm not sure if being a performer is counted as a job or something like that. Yeah, probably. Because Ari told me that each time, I don't know, that might be his, uh, just his stories. Yeah, Ari says but, a lot of things. Yeah, but also, like, <laughs> he's been around, so maybe, like, he knows. Uh, but he told, like, yeah, it's when you go to a place and you get, and you're performing, it's it goes under the law of uh, public speaking or some shit like that. And that's, you could, like, influence people. And that's why you got to have a work, work visa or some shit like that. Can be something like that. It could be like, yeah. yeah, worked out in that way. Yeah, I guess so. Because let's say like we in Australia, we love banning people from coming to Australia oh, all the time. If you're any sort of controversial figure, we love nothing more than banning yeah. you. It's such a fucking 1950s thing. Like, oh, and Hitler was banned from traveling to Great Britain. Like, it's like, what's that dude? Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, he's a controversial right-wing kind of pseudo right-wing figure. Um, uh, he got banned. He couldn't come, and he gives lectures, fucking <laughs> lectures, just talks, right? But it's in hate, inciting hate speech or something, or they make up all this shit. Like it's 
when you kind of put it like that, and then oh, what is the difference then between and you're like, haha, no, I tell dick jokes. Everybody <laughs> loves dick jokes, right, guys? But okay, where's you know the line between a dick joke and inciting hate speech? Yeah. Not sure, but apparently it's the same. Standing there and talking is treated in the same way. Yeah, dick jokes, hate speech. <laughs> yeah, you can't have a hate hate speech on dicks, man. It's hard. Well, you know, unless you really hated dicks, Hannah Gatsby probably has a little few. <laughs> I'm sorry, I say shit on Hannah Gatsby anymore. No, I quite like. I do like her set. I I, I see what she's doing. I'll I'll give you that response to <laughs> Hannah Gatsby. I know a lot of people really like Hannah Gatsby. Um. I'll just say, I see what she's doing and I like the, the structure of it. I like that she's artistic enough to use this technique where she talks about something hard and builds tension and then has a great punchline which diffuses that tension and then she takes us on this roller coaster of building, yeah, tension, feeling, edge in the room. Yeah, that's also then, really cool. And then tells a joke, right? I'm not really into this stuff, but I totally see where- She's going with the structure. Somewhere. Yeah, I really liked uh, what Slus did in his hour. Mm, he does that a lot, yeah. Yeah, where he goes like dark. Mm. That's really good. Where he goes, uh, yeah, he, it'll like build up, he'll build up, build up, build up, then go for the silence and then come back. That's really cool. Not afraid of the silence. Yeah, that's huh. yeah, that's like showing, like he, him showing the full spectrum. Like, yeah, I can really control the energy. Yeah. Always at the end. Maybe that's the difference because Slossy, Danny Boy, always does it near the end of his show. He's got his yeah. bigger thing. And like a more traditional stand-up comedian, he starts shorter, punchier. You know, he doesn't just dive into, you know, all those family stuff, right? Yeah. Where Hannah Gatsby just almost goes straight for the throat. Like, or the way that her special Nanette was marketed was like, I'm quitting comedy. Like, this yeah. whole big dramatic thing, like, didn't even... Well, she did a bit. No, she does a bit. No, because she... Have you seen Nanette? Nah. Okay. No, she does. No, because what she does is then she... Oh, I don't want to explain the whole bit. No, fine. If you've seen Nanette and you're listening at home, I will give it to you that, no, she does start lighter and then ends up turning that around. So, fine. My whole point is null and void. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is not a shit on Hannah Gatsby bit, by the way. I see what she's doing. I see what she's doing. Sorry. You have to have seen the bit. You can check it out on Netflix. She's a very interesting uh, and very popular new stand-up comedian. Not new, but, you know, fucking what am I talking about? <laughs> what am I talking about? So, okay, back to French before yeah. I dig myself into a really deep hole. <laughs> okay, I'm really trying to support female comedy here and I think I've just fucking dug in a fucking 20-feet hole yeah. for myself. Um, yeah, You're man. You're trying to get some, man. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I'm not sure Hannah Gatsby is going to give me any, but uh, uh, I'm trying to get some. So, yeah, man. So, I guess we can wrap it up soon. So, the guys are still there. Uh, Sander's there. Ardado's there. Mikhail's going. Oh, it's so funny. I told uh, uh, Ari uh -huh. that, like, since we were there, like, uh, like uh, we only dr we, we, we drank a lot of Guinness because it's so good. And... Uh, you could see it like on people, like on his figure as well. Like yeah. it, it took a toll. Me too. I'm up three kilograms, bro. And then when uh, we sent uh, a picture of him flexing to Andrew and I, I was supposed to take the picture and, and I just kept telling him like, man, flex, man, flex. <laughs> and he got so mad. <laughs> he was like, I'm flexing. <laughs> and then I took the picture and he was, he was like, show it to me. And then he showed it to him <laughs> and he was like, fuck, I was... Hoping a lot better. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's why I'm not drinking tonight. I've got to like cut it out for like another week or something. Like yeah, it was yeah. too much eating. That was, that was too much food and too much Guinness. <laughs> Indeed. And then we have a little, you know, something, a little smoky doke after dinner. And then I just can't stop eating. And so, all that great street food. Because it was so easy. Like, we would just do the show and then be like, McDonald's, Uber, home right away. Yeah, I mean, man, this one night we had wine. Uh, me and Ari went to a restaurant and he was like, fuck it, I'll get wine. Oh, with the uh, Chow Roma. Yeah. Yeah. And we we did like a full like... Uh, we had a perfect romantic day. Yeah, like three courses essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and then... But yeah, but the wine and the beer like mixed together, all the things like, yeah, the next day was hard. It's so hard, man. It's an intense environment. Well, I'm glad the guys are there. I'm glad people are getting into it. Uh, and I, I really like that last night at Cup of Car, like people really seem to be interested in the story. Like maybe at first it was a bit academic, like what is this festival? What is it? But now they're like, oh, we're telling, like I'm telling the story and then you're kind of retelling it. And then Caleb's got it. And then I retell Caleb's story from a different angle. And like, it felt like last night people were getting this story of Edinburgh. And I kind of want to, I hope we can talk about that more when we get back. Like everyone's going to have the bit about Daniel being retarded. And you know, everyone's going to have the bit about Daniel throwing up uh, into his backpack. Daniel was on the yeah. bus from the Airbnb into town and threw up. Uh, and he managed to get it into his backpack. And I don't know the rest of the story after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just waiting when he gets back and then me and Daniel are going to record and I'll try to get everything Oh, out dude, of it, those podcasts are going to be golden. Yeah. Golden. Your podcast is already about the sun. Um, <laughs> and Daniel's staying extra week. He decided to stay longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we got... Uh, I think we have a one episode in reserve so we can... Yeah, right. Yeah, he said he wanted to be back by the 18th yeah. and he, there was a Ryanair flight one week that he could take instead. Yeah. So, yeah, those boys are going to... Be tearing it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you coming coming down here just chatting about Edinburgh and comedy and shit. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Nice, Thank you man. for, uh, I don't know, asking me to come. Ah, we're so formal <laughs> with each other. Yes. Thank you. Oh, yes, I thank couldn't you. remember the so, word. Oh, thank oh. you for uh, call, calling. Calling? No. I no. call you message and I call nobody. I yeah. I'm sorry about the sound in the first inviting. part. Inviting. Inviting. Yes. Word, we invite like you do with the flyers. We're inviting people in. Come to my, come to my. Um, thanks guys for listening. I really appreciate yeah, that you're still listening to my podcast and that you're keeping on going with me. Uh, I'm going to keep producing these podcasts. We're going to keep doing shit. Thanks very much, everyone. See you, Roger. Yeah. Bye-bye.